Hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you, the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan, contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show, and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information, on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. JSC Radio, I'm not going to make any grandiose proclamations. I'm not going to say JSC Radio is a movement. Not yet. JSC Radio isn't a revolution. It's not going to change the game. It's not going to make podcasting great again, brother. It's primarily me getting on here and just talking to you. I don't do interviews. I have conversations. And this is my chance to have a bunch of really fun conversations with you guys. And whether it's one person listening or 5,000 people listening, I appreciate whatever I get here. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now. How the hell is everyone doing? My name is Jay Scott Smith. And this is episode 36 of JSC Radio. Hey now. Good to be back. I apologize for taking a week off last week. Kind of needed it. Got to get everything together for a kind of a supersized show that we're having here this week. This is the 36th episode of the show. Not to be confused with the 36th episode of the show. The 36th episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen. And in a way kind of joke about it but in a way this is the start of season two of JSC radio because we passed an anniversary along the way oh I guess I should before I go into anything else be sure to follow me on the Twitter get at me at J Scott Smith I am verified I am the original J Scott Smith get at me on Facebook at real J Scott Smith where I am also verified and by the way You can get at me on Snapchat and Instagram at jscottsmith. And I want to also throw out plenty of love and thanks to those of you who listen each and every week. 
from the very beginning to right now i am on itunes just search jsc radio stitcher search jsc radio soundcloud.com slash j scott smith you'll see the playlist for jsc radio right at the top and coming soon jsc radio will be heading over to google play and and one last thing before we finally get off into this i want to thank everybody who's checked me out on patreon including sridevi who was the first person to donate on patreon.com she is the first official patron of patreon.com it's just that simple go to patreon.com slash jsc radio as we are now just a little bit closer to world domination for davy thank you very much i don't think you understand how awesome i think it is if you did that for me and you donated and damn it if anybody else is listening don't be afraid now that the ice has been broken you can chip in too as little as one dollar and get yourself a shout out on this show and if you're interested in actually having your product sponsored hit me up on patreon so yeah anniversary passed on this show about a year ago i decided i was gonna get my ass in front of my blue usb microphone the microphone's actually white and i have another one that's black but the you know the name brand is blue look that's for neither here nor there and i went out on a limb and decided to hey let's let's take a shot at this podcast thing everybody else is doing it i've got the means to be able to do it so why the hell not why don't i just step out take this shot and go for it and there's been some growing pains there's been points where it was tough to do this because i was trying to find myself you go back and listen to episode number one way the hell back a year ago go listen to episode number one and even if you just fast forward to say episode 10 it sounds like two different shows but it took me time to find my footing, find my voice, and find myself. Because if you listen to episode one, oh boy, I was nervous and I was unsure about what I was going to do with this thing. I'm still kind of unsure what I'm going to do with this thing. But now, at least there's a rhyme or reason for why I do it. reason I do this podcast is it's a labor of love. I enjoy getting on here and talking, just talking crazy shit about any and everything that comes to mind this show has hit on just about every imaginable topic from sports to pop culture to politics to news for hell that hell i did a show that somehow managed to mesh the nba finals and brexit together and by the way don't say i didn't warn you guys about that whole brexit thing needless to say you didn't pay attention did you did you damn it now look where the hell we are But yeah, I went out on a limb and said, I'm just going to do this. And I've talked about everything. Sports, news, politics, pop culture, feminism. Like I said before, it's not a coincidence that the four guests I've had on this show were all extremely intelligent women of color. All in black. Still looking for guests. Still trying to expand on that into. I mean, when I think back to where I was, because I just said it a few minutes ago. This is kind of like the start of season two of JSC Radio. The 2016-2017 season ended with episode 35. And when I think about 
what I was even going through at this time period because I was so damn nervous and so damn scared about doing this. But as time has gone on, I've just grown to really enjoy because it it's helped me kind of rediscover why I got into this business in the first place. Because you got to understand, I had been doing radio for 13 years by the time I started doing this podcast a year ago. And to say that this has been a learning experience is understating it. Podcasting is it's radio stripped to its bare bones. Let me give you a little peek behind the curtain. Let me break a little J. Scott kayfabe here. I do JSC Radio on a nine-year-old Apple MacBook with two $40 USB mics and a handful of flash drives and hard drives. I nearly quit three months in. If you remember, I did episode eight in late April, and it wasn't until June 1st before I came back around and did episode nine. I really thought of just cutting the cord and saying that's it, but I kept pushing, and it got better. It was exactly 365 days before I finally got $1 for doing this show. And that was from Sridevi. Again, patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Thank you. This has been the most fun I've had on a mic in years. I'm talking about since the Feel the Hunger days with Cut Nice. This is the most fun I've had since then. And only time will tell where this thing goes from here. But let's have some fun on the way there. I've carried myself with this mantra, and I talked about it in episode one, the mantra that success is certain. And by no means have I hit the pinnacle of what I want doing JSC Radio. I got so much shit left to do here. I got so much to work on. I got so much to gain from doing this. But this podcast has done so much for my confidence more than anything else. Plus, it helps that people kind of dig it. And that took time, too. It took time to find myself. It took time to get what I wanted this place and this thing to sound like to be. I, need, I had a hard time. I'm getting tongue-tied even thinking about what the hell to say. But it's been a year. And I want to thank each and every one of you. I do. I want to thank you guys who've been pouring more and more into my Instagram. That's at J. Scott Smith. To show support for the show. And little by little, the uptick of who's listening is getting out there. Hell, when this show started, it was on SoundCloud only. And now it's expanded to iTunes, Stitcher, and soon, Google Play. So if you, you got an Android, your ass is covered. But most of all, I just appreciate the people listening to this damn thing. And I'm getting more and more people spitting back lines about this show. Or coming up with a particular episode of this show they like. On Instagram tomorrow, which will be Friday for those of you listening on Thursday, I'm going to have not only my weekend words of wisdom. And by the way, if you're following me on Instagram, this is something I've been kind of coming up with. I'm not some motivational speaker. I'm not Gary Vee for, for, for sake. But I at least try to send people into their weekend with a little bit of motivation. And that's what the weekend words of wisdom, the wow that you see on my Instagram every Friday morning. And this Friday, I'm also going to have a little special package giving you guys a few of the must-listen episodes for you new booties who are just kind of getting in here and hearing me for the first time. Because I have a lot of that. A lot of people have chosen to listen from the start. They decided to go back to episode one, and somehow they held on all the way to now. Thank you. Damn it, thank you. Because I couldn't do this without you. I couldn't. 
and don't ever think that I could. I couldn't. If I didn't have people listening, what the hell am I doing this for? I want to give a special thanks to Lara Witt, who will be back on this show. To Jasmine Duke, who will be back on this show. To my first ever guest, Janae Darden, for coming on here. To ESPN's Adrian Lawrence, where every time I look up, she's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why I wanted to get her on here now, because I know within a year or two, I'm going to have to basically fight like the, the, I have to fight pretty much anybody just to get a word in edgewise with her. I'm just joking. Adrian's dope. She is. And so are the rest of you guys. And I still want to get more guests. And I still want to get more people. And I still want to do more cool shit. And yes, I'm going to turn this into a bit of a telethon before I jump off into what we're really going to get into on this show. Yes! I'm going to say it one more time. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. I've been able to do this with a MacBook and some edit software. A MacBook from 2008, by the way. A MacBook and some edit software and a bank full of flash drives and external hard drives to keep this thing moving. You help me out on Patreon, I'm able to upgrade this damn thing, and guess what? I'm able to get more guests and do more shit. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. This is going to be the first ever three-segment show for your ass. Because not only is it the anniversary show, WrestleMania is this weekend, and damn it, if you thought my ass was going to go through an entire show without talking about WrestleMania 33, you lost your mind. This week's show is going to look at my top five, my top five WrestleMania matches of all time. I'm breaking them down after this. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is episode 36 of the People's Podcast. This is J. S.C. Radio. We'll be back after this. Check it out. This is J.S.C. Radio. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kendall Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free, you can listen anytime, anywhere. Now if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million card dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. 
Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio, be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. And Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring, just kicking away Ken Shamrock. Austin regaining consciousness. The official over to assist him, and Austin will need help. Back into the locker room. Oh, oh, no, no! Well, obviously Austin doesn't want any help. He's got one leg. He's lost all kinds of blood, but he will. Re- he's refusing all help. He's going to walk out of here on his own. Man's man, I'll tell you that, whether you like him or not. I don't think any doctor's gonna want to come out here and help him now. Stone Cold Steve Austin. that he wouldn't submit, so obstinate, so stubborn, so proud that he would not submit under that kind of pain. His body gave out on him. He passed out. I've never witnessed anything like that ever. And refusing help, refusing help from anyone, he'll go back and he'll take his pride with him back to the locker room. Yes, sir. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. Episode 36 of the People's Podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith. Get at me on Instagram at J. Scott Smith. Get at me on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. Original. By the way, both Twitter and Facebook, verified. Hey, Instagram, get up off your ass and let's make this happen. Also, Snapchat at J. Scott Smith. And you can hear the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud and on Google Play. The show keeps on growing, damn it. So yes, as you just heard there, it's WrestleMania season. It's time once again. It's time for the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. I guess WrestleMania in and of itself, it's a combination of the Super Bowl and the All-Star Game of professional wrestling. We do not say sports entertainment here. It's WrestleMania 33. They're back in Orlando for the first time in nine years. This this card is massive. But I'll get to WrestleMania 33 a little bit later on. What this show, episode 36, so there's actually been more episodes than WrestleManias. Episode 36 is about taking it back and looking at what I consider my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. Now, initially, I was going to do my 10 favorite, but then I'd be here probably two hours, and I don't want to blow all your time. This is not something to wrestle with. This is not a show that's going to stand for two hours, all right? So we can't do that. So I decided to do my five favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, and you have to understand, I've been watching pro wrestling since before, the first WrestleMania in 1985. That's 32 years worth of shit. It's 32 years worth of unbelievable WrestleManias, 32 years of bad WrestleManias, 32 years of ugh, really bad ones. And yes, I'm looking at you, WrestleMania 2 and WrestleMania 9 and 11 
and WrestleMania 2000 or WrestleMania 16, whatever the hell you choose to call yourself, whatever the case may be, there have been some good ones, there have been some bad ones, and there have been a couple of great ones. That's where we're going in this. Now, the simple criteria that I have to consider a WrestleMania match one of my all-time favorites, it doesn't always have to be if the match were long, but it would be helpful that each of these matches went at least 15 minutes. And it's not all about the work rate in these things. They didn't all have to be five-star classics to be great matches. But the best of the best, the top five, Four of them really stood out because of what happened in the match. And the third, and maybe most important one, is, no, I'm not talking about TNA, the impact of the match. Did it leave an indelible mark on the business, on the genre? Is it something that when you think of that particular WrestleMania, that match is the first thing to come to mind? And yes, I even, because of course, you know, I'm just ADD like that and I'm anal retentive about these things, I also had a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker had to be the build toward the match. If the match had an awesome build, a great build toward it, then yes, guess what? I'm also going to factor that in. So, like I said, initially I had 10 of these things, but I wasn't going to sit here and bore you all to tears and drag the show out for damn near two hours. And when it comes to the top five, like I said, it has to be the impact of it. It has to be a great aesthetic match for the most part. It has to have either a really compelling moment, a great build, or something that simply stood out and made it bigger than your average match. And that's why this is number five. The following contest is the tables, ladders, and chairs two for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championship. That's right, damn it. TLC2 from the Houston Astrodome on April 1st, 2001. WrestleMania 17, not X7, 17. The champions, the Dudleys, the challengers, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys. Man, listen. It's the only tag match I listed among the top 10. It's the only tag match, and it managed to make the top five. That says something. This match was insane. Get on the WWE Network, go to WrestleMania 17, 17, and go straight to this match. Just watch it. When you think about the crazy shit you've seen in pro wrestling before this and after this, please understand that this was as good as it ever was going to get. And damn it, it was amazing. It came at the pinnacle of the most batshit crazy era in pro wrestling during the arguably best, most batshit WrestleMania ever. It was the most violent, reckless, batshit, crazy match I'd ever seen in a mainstream promotion. And I did sit through the entire Attitude Era. I did occasionally wander back over to WCW Monday Nitro 
in those last couple of terrible years they had. I did see the tapes from ECW, but ECW really wasn't mainstream. This was damn WrestleMania. This match, it it was the spot fest opus. It essentially ruined the lives of all nine people involved because you remember each of these three teams had a plus one. The Dudleys had Spike Dudley. Edge and Christian had Rhino, the man beast from the Motor City. The Hardys had Lita. So all nine people involved, it completely ruined their lives. But the one thing, the one damn thing, and there are just so many parts to this match that are nuts. There's so many things about this match that are crazy. And when you hear, I mean, just listen to this, for example, as told by Paul Heyman and Jim Ross. Now goes Rhino at the hands of those those damn Dudleys. Lita back in. And Lita just crap. Spike Dudley over the hell. Take it all off. Take it all off, Lita. Wait a minute. The 3D, the Dudleys deliver the 3D on, on Lita. And a chair. They're swinging steel here, and now there's no ladder. Everyone is a victim in tables, ladders, and chairs. Everyone. Damn it, everyone. And remember, again, this is 2001 WWF. You were allowed to get after the females. Anybody could get it (laughs) during the Attitude Era. And the thing about this match that everyone will always remember and everyone will always see. And Jeff now losing his balance, hanging from the top, trying to get back under that ladder. Jeff moving the ladder underneath him. From Bubba Ray Dudley. That damn spear, what is now 16 years later, almost 16 years later, that damn spear is still one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I'll always remember the visual of the spear, where you can clearly see that both Edge and Jeff Hardy realized that this was going to end very badly. That's why this match was so damn great, because you had... The six principal guys, plus two other dudes, and Lita out there going 1,000% full tilt. Insane. Absolutely insane. The finish of that match, by the way, involved four tables getting destroyed, and Edge and Christian winning back the World Tag Team Championships. As crazy as it is, They had won the first TLC match held the previous year at a much worse WrestleMania than the one that they ended up being a part of this year. 
Everything that you can think of about that match was just outrageous. It was outrageous. And if that was match number five, TLC2 from WrestleMania 17, you kind of go to the other extreme of things as the number four all-time favorite JSC Radio WrestleMania match. It is for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship scheduled for one fall with a one-hour time limit. First, the challenger, accompanied by his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. He hails from Grenoble in the French Alps. He weighs 520 pounds. Andre the Giant, his opponent. He is from Venice Beach, California, weighing in at 294 pounds. He is the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, Hulk Hogan! Here's the thing about Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre is number four on this list. This match was not going to be some five-star, aesthetically pleasing spot fest. The work rate was not going to be something you were going to rave about. This match, in its simplest terms, however, this was the biggest match in pro wrestling history. It redefined the genre and made the WWF, now WWE, the monster it is now. Now, while it wasn't the best match on the show, oh, and I'll get to that, the cultural impact is too great to leave it out of the top five. Hell, it was the reason that more people filled the Pontiac Silverdome to see a pro wrestling event than came to see the Super Bowl that was played there just five years earlier. The irresistible force, the immovable object, Hulk Hogan. The WWF champion against Andre the Giant. That's number four. Yes, the match will always simply be known for this. Andre now with an Irish whip in. He got a hook flipped underneath that. Oh, he dropped out the big guy. Look at Heenan, he's been out of shape. That's the first time I think that the Giant's ever been knocked off his feet like that. Look at the look on the face of the champion. He's hooking up, Jess. I don't know if he's got enough left in him. That adrenaline can do wonders. We're seeing what this guy is really made of. What he is. The greatest professional athlete in the world today. Look at this. He's He's it. I don't believe it. And that's all it needed to be known for. That's it. That match changed the game. And as I record this, as we're recording this show, today is the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania 3. March 29th, 1987. 30 years ago. I was 8 years old. I wasn't even 8. I was 7. I was 7. I didn't turn 8 till later on in the year. 
And this was the greatest damn thing ever. This was wrestling's Woodstock. And the Detroit News did a really good feature piece on WrestleMania 3. Go check it out. It's on the Detroit News' website. But as we continue, number five was TLC 2 from WrestleMania 17. Number four was Hogan and Andre from WrestleMania 3 in 1987. So that brings us to the number three match in this discussion. And there he is. One of the great competitors. A lot of people say he's the most dangerous man in the world. Whoa! Whoa! Listen to this crowd. Listen to this response. Talk about in your face. That is who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. And getting quite a positive response from this capacity crowd. Sort of makes you wonder. Here's Austin now. Go get in the face of Ken Shamrock. Although Shamrock, I don't believe, will be intimidated. Steve Austin is 6'2, 252, said there's not a human being walking the face of the earth that can make him say, I quit. And I think I believe it. From WrestleMania 13, 10 years later, in March of 1997, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart in a submissions match. Not an I quit match, a submissions match. There was apparently a difference between the two. The thing about this match that people will always remember is that this match was essentially the double turn of the century. Bret had been the white meat Sterling superhero babyface for most of his WWF career after about 1990. Steve Austin was this just rat bastard of a heel, but ever since the infamous speech at the King of the Ring the year before, Steve was just had the rocket strapped to him. And these two had been on a collision course. They had an incredible match the previous year at the Survivor Series. And a series of unfortunate events involving Shawn Michaels led these two guys to WrestleMania in this submissions match. When, from everything you hear, Brett was supposed to face and beat Shawn at WrestleMania 13. But alas, things went awry when Shawn couldn't find his smile. And it was the best executed double turn in professional wrestling of the last 40 years. This single match was not just the coming out party for Austin. 
but it was the moment where, after nearly five years of the company struggling through terrible gimmicks and brutal missteps and getting its ass kicked by WCW, the WWF and WrestleMania got its swagger back. And it was also Bret Hart's signature and come to find out final, don't mention a word about WrestleMania 26, final WrestleMania moment where he lived long enough to become a villain. It was everything about this match was just outstanding. This was pre-neck injury Steve Austin. This is Bret Hart at his absolute peak in 1997. Bret was an ageless wonder at this point. Because he was damn near 40, if not 40 years old, at the time of this match. To be perfectly honest with you. And Steve was coming in just white hot. It was a perfect build. Perfectly executed. Perfectly came together. Every single inch of this thing was just outstanding. It was outstanding. But the one thing that obviously everyone is going to remember. And the one thing that everybody always talks about. Is the sight of Steve Austin. Having fought through the crowd. Having beaten Brett up and down the ring. having Brett having beat the hell out of him. They end up on the floor. Brett fires him into the barricades. Which were still open at that point. And split Steve open on the barricade. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Back in the ring. Blood pouring out of Steve's head. Brett catches him in the sharpshooter. And it was at this exact moment. That while Austin 316 was when Steve arrived. It was at this exact moment. That Stone Cold Steve Austin was a made man. Austin trying to reach that rest. Reaching for the right. He, Austin will not surrender. He will not submit. Bret Hart has beaten every superstar. Do you give up? With this move. How in the hell Austin has not given up? I can't understand. Ken Shamrock stopping it. Stopping it right now. That's it. Damn right that was a tough act to follow. But the thing is, it was that match that kick-started Austin. It was that match that, despite the rest of that card being rather mediocre, kick-started the company. And sure enough, it eventually kick-started WCW getting their ass handed to them. Austin and Bret Hart was the first match in a decade that got into the conversation of the next two matches that we have coming up on the other side of this break. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is episode 36 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio, and we'll be back with segment three after this. Check it out. This is JSC Radio.
What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast, because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon, and what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusive you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. Episode 36 of the People's Podcast. Jay Scott Smith here. Yes, you're in the third segment. Because, well, wasn't here last week, and I want to make it up to you guys. Plus, I got a lot of shit to say, so why not just let this thing roll a little bit? For all the newcomers, once again, thank you. Damn it, thank you. I appreciate you listening all across any platform you can think of. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now the Google Play. But we got to keep this thing pushing. This is the what I like to call the best of WrestleMania. My five favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. Now, obviously, if you were listening in the second segment, you heard what numbers 5, 4, and 3 were. Number 5 was TLC2 from WrestleMania 17. Number 4, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant from WrestleMania 3. And just before the break, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, the I Quit match from WrestleMania 13 was the number 3 match. Now... That brings us to the top two, and I said before the break that Austin and Brett was the first match in a decade to even wander into the discussion of the greatest WrestleMania match ever. And I had to do a whole lot of, I had to do a lot of thinking about what I considered to be number one. These two matches are so close to each other, and I had to really, really think about which one would be number one and which one was number two. And it's going to sound odd 
But the number two match, truthfully, for 22 years, it was the gold standard. Well, that was the Macho Man only moments ago in our interview area. And now, here he comes making his way down the runway here in the Silverdome, Pontiac, Michigan, the reigning intercontinental heavyweight champion along with Elizabeth. And I'll tell you, Macho's looking good. Elizabeth is looking good. Everything's looking good, Gorilla. Even you're looking kind of good. Listen to the ovation given to the Macho Man, Jess. Yeah, man. Number two. Even though it had been number one for years and years and years with me, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against the Macho Man Randy Savage from WrestleMania three. Remember earlier I said, I know, I know, Hogan and Andre was not the best match on that show. The best match on that show and one of the best matches, if not the best, of all time was about an hour earlier between Savage and Steamboat. Everything about this from the build to this match because cats who are in my age range, you remember what Savage did to Ricky Steamboat. He dropped that double axe on Steamboat while his neck was draped across the barricade, then grabbed the bell and dropped it across his neck from the top rope. And he put Steamboat out for a few weeks, and Steamboat comes back mattered in the Hornet, and it, he also had a little friend with it, the recently passed Detroit icon, George the Animal Steel. And this match, the build to it, it was about revenge, it was about redemption. Savage had been Intercontinental Champ for about a year and a half at this point. It, it, it was everything you could have asked for in a championship match. That's a, that's a match where in any other situation, that's the main event. While Hogan and Andre were who the mainstream audience came to see, it was the heads that came for this one. 
for 22 years. It was the gold standard of WrestleMania matches. From the build to the match itself to the finish. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. When people talk about modern great matches, modern matches that just stand the test of time. And you got to understand, in the NWA, which eventually became WCW, Ric Flair was having matches like this. But he wasn't having them on the scale and on the level and on the stage that Steamboat and Savage were. There were 23 near falls in this match. It featured 23 near falls. It made legends out of both men, and it inspired guys like Chris Jericho to get into the business. Jericho's openly said he watched this match so much he knows it move for move. That's what made him get into professional wrestling. And when Steamboat won, it elicited a cheer in that building, in the Pontiac Silverdome, that was only reserved for Billy Sims and Barry Sanders. Now, I, I mean, it's... I When I tell you there were 23 damn near falls in this thing, it, it was just the sequences of how it worked and how crisp everything was and how each move had purpose. You... It, just, li just listen to this. Rams him into the ring apron. And now it's a dragon going to the outside, going to the top. Savage doesn't know where he is. Oh, what a karate shot right between the eyes. This 90,000 punches is down bananas. No, his foot's on the ropes. His foot was on the rope. Good call by Hebner. His first good call of the match. The dragon realized it. Still on the attack. Down in the middle. One, two. And Savage comes on once again. What a chop. Those chops are into the eyes, too. That's illegal. Macho Man trying to get to the outside to save himself. He's in a lot of trouble. The title is in a lot of trouble. Nice shoulder block from the outside. Sunset flip over the top. Macho's got the rope. Can he hold on to it? No. Shoulders are down. Two count. Oh, right between the eyes. And ducks underneath another right hand. Gorilla Monsoon, God bless his soul, and Jesse the Body Ventura on the call, by the way. And Jesse was not exaggerating when he said it's one of the greatest matches he's ever seen. It was one of the greatest matches I'd ever seen, and I'd only been watching wrestling for three years, but I knew even as an eight-year-old what I had just seen wasn't the typical cartoonish 1980s WWF silliness. This was a barn burner. And like I mentioned in my criteria for top matches, it doesn't just factor in the build. It doesn't just factor in the work rate. It doesn't just factor in the high spots. The finish is key. And the finish to this match, the frenetic, crazy, just... Dope finish to this match is why this thing was number one for so long. Just listen to the crowd reaction and how this match played out and how it finished, starting with referee Dave, not Earl, Hebner, having been taken out by mistake on a ref bump. Macho's going up again. He's going to really do him in, though. He's going out to the... What's he doing? He's going out. Where's he going? 
intros to the match itself there was limited interference and the only interference that really mattered was Steele reaching in and shoving Savage off the top rope after he grabs the belt to try to do in Ricky Steamboat that match was the gold standard for 22 damn years it was the gold standard everything about it everything about it was just magnificent. To be perfectly honest with you, it stood up to any and all challengers until WrestleMania 25. WrestleMania 25, which by the way was the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. Despite the wonky math that the WWF was on in 2009. WrestleMania 25, much like WrestleMania 13, was a show that was mediocre to decent, but it had one match that stood tall over all of them. The match was so good that, honestly, you could have ended the show after this match was over. John Cena, Edge, and Big Show, nobody even cares. Triple H, Randy Orton, one of the worst main events of all time. This match between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels was and is my favorite WrestleMania match of all time, and I find it very difficult for too many people to tell me it's not the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And I had to come around to that mindset on this. Because for the longest, even I was under the impression that Savage Steamboat was better. Even I was under the impression that Savage Steamboat was untouchable. There, there was no way around it. And then WrestleMania 25 happened. WrestleMania 25 saw a match where, similar to Austin and Bret, there was no title on the line. This match was not for a championship. It's just mind-blowing because I wrestled, pun intended, with putting this at number one. You had two guys who were well north of 40 doing things that guys half their age can't do. Again, there was no title on the line. It was about Undertaker's once untouchable 
WrestleMania win streak. And when I tell you Shawn Michaels made that streak like his precious, he did. Even down to this moment where, okay, to set the stage, this moment I'm about to talk about was brought about by this. Depending on what you choose to believe, that crack you heard was either the camera being knocked out of Sim Snooker's hand or the Undertaker's head hitting the floor. Either way, it was nasty, it was frightening, it was scary. And it also led to this amazing moment where Shawn Michaels is frantically imploring the referee to count faster after that insane dive to the outside, nearly legit killed Undertaker, Michaels was frantically trying to get that match counted out so he could get the win. You want to know how great this was? They got the prospect of a count out over. Michaels has now drugged the assigned official. I, I, I think Sean is trying to yeah. get the referee to count, yeah, to to count. the Undertaker out. Sean senses that the Undertaker is done for the night. Referee's got really no choice but to count, quite frankly. Can Shawn Michaels win in this winning streak on this one? Well, obviously he can win the match if the Undertaker's counted out. And at this point in the night, I think Shawn will take that victory. Here comes the Undertaker. What's the referee's count to? Is it the seven or eight? Seven? Got a 10 count. Eight. Eight. Shawn Michaels going to win this match on a count out. A count of nine. And Undertaker made it in the ring. The streak's alive. The streak's alive by less than a second. Undertaker was a less than a second away from being counted out. It was from that point that a match that was pretty good and had been slowly but surely kind of building a good pace took off and turned into something absolutely special. From that point on, the next 10 minutes of that match were some of the best you will ever see. Everything from, it was pretty much when you think about the difference between that and say Savage and Steamboat. Savage and Steamboat was chain wrestling at its finest. It was no real high spots, nothing crazy, just simply hard hitting back and forth, pinning combinations, and each man trying to get the advantage over the other. With Taker and Michaels, they were just throwing bombs and haymakers at each other, hitting each other with their best shot, and they kept getting back up. And just when you thought they were down, they kept getting back up over and over and over again. And it even led to this incredible moment. First, you think he's got, Undertaker thinks he's got this thing won when he decides to reach into the American badass bag of tricks and hit Michaels with the last ride. Michaels, last ride! No! No! no. Another counter! 
frustration in the eyes of the Undertaker. His reaction to Sean kicking out of the last ride was pretty damn hilarious and also pretty damn shocking at the same time. But if you thought the reaction to Michael slipping out of the last ride was something, then came the tombstone. One of the most protected moves in all of professional wrestling for years and years and years. Hulk Hogan got hit with that tombstone and stayed down for three. If someone didn't run in there and break it up, it wasn't happening. And yet, Shawn Michaels did this. Shawn, oh, Someone broke out on that rope. Went to skin the cat and Undertaker. They skin Michaels. Oh, my God. Look at this. Michaels caught. Shawn is gone. Shawn is caught. Tombstone. Tombstone. My God, Michaels got caught. Tombstone. JR, at that point, I think we all were having an out-of-body experience. This just kept building and building and building and building and building and just turning into one thing after another. Sean kicks out of the tombstone. He survives the last ride. He slowly but surely fights his way back into it. And then it's Undertaker's turn to suddenly play Mr. Resilient when he survives this. Undertaker pulling himself up. There it is! Dude, it's, what is it, eight years later, and I still can't believe I witnessed that match. It just kept going and going, and you started to wonder if either of these guys was going to have anything left when it came to the end of the night. It's just, I mean, just like how Steamboat and Savage had the near-fall sequences, there were 23 of them in all. Taker and Michaels had the big spots, and then you mix it up with just something as simple as all these physical exchanges of punches and kicks where it just kept building and building and building to every single thing they did had the crowd on its feet. Men are going to need to hang on to each other to just be able to stand to their feet. Oh, wow! The no! The non-fence counter with a thunderous right hand. Oh! Both men not giving an inch. Their hearts, their will, their passion. Well, not long after Sean nearly got decapitated by that nasty kick, we found out who the last man standing would be. And the end of this match was just as fitting as everything else you saw here. Because even though Michaels came up short, in the end, dude looked like a superhero. My God, Michaels, I've got to try another chance. Undertaker. Here comes it coming. Oh, Michaels in the air. Michaels caught. Michaels caught. Michaels caught. Oh, oh, stone. 
Undertaker proved that he is WrestleMania's phenom. On the call, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole. Ross, who, and I'm going to take a quick second here before I finish this. Ross, Jim, Jim Ross has had the kind of week that I wouldn't wish on anyone. His wife was riding home on a Vespa, coming back from the gym when apparently a driver didn't see her and ran her over not far from her house in Oklahoma City. And it happened while Jim was recording his podcast. And he only finds out after the fact. And she she passed away maybe 36 hours later. This man has had a hellacious week. And we've heard a lot of Jim's voice on this show. And Jim is an unbelievable guy by all accounts that his wife Jan, who who passed away, was a phenomenal person. Every single pro wrestler I've heard reference her, talks about how awesome she was. And Jim did his podcast today, The Ross Report. And I don't know how he got more than five minutes into the thing. I'm sitting there listening to it, and and there were tears in my eyes. I don't know how this guy's doing it. And he's going to be down in Orlando this weekend. And if anybody listening to this is actually going to WrestleMania and you see Jim Ross... Show the man some love because uh, he really needs it. And for a guy who's done so much for pro wrestling, he's the soundtrack for most people's lives in professional wrestling. I'm old enough where it's Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and Jim Ross. But he he was the he he was the soundtrack to so many of of our pro wrestling lives and our fandom. And he's on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Go so go show him a little love. He he could use it. He he gives us nothing but gems all the time. And one of his all-time great ones came at the end of this Undertaker HBK match at WrestleMania 25. And it was a simple line, yet it was one of the most effective, and it sewed up and summed up what we all thought after having watched maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. Indeed, sometimes it's hell. Getting to heaven. I feel like we've just seen heaven. Having seen that match live and having gone back to watch it multiple times, Jim Ross is right. Number five, TLC2. Number four, Hogan Andre. Number three, Austin and Brett. Number two, Savage Steamboat. Number one, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. They had a match the following year, WrestleMania 26, that ended up retiring Shawn Michaels. It was good, but ain't nothing as good as the original. Original. (laughs) As for WrestleMania 33, what the hell can I say about this thing? Two years ago, I thought WrestleMania 31 was going to be a bit of a disaster. It turned out to be really good. Last year, I thought WrestleMania 32 was going to be pretty good, and it turned out to be a six-hour-long marathon. This year, it looks like it's going to be at least six hours with a two-hour kickoff show that has seen two matches relegated to it. The What looks to be probably the best match of the night, the Cruiserweight Championship with Adrian Neville and Austin Aries and this women's cluster fuzz bubble that they got going on for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. The three matches I'm kind of looking forward to on this whole thing are Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho for the United States Heavyweight Championship. That's the one with the by far best build. Number two, 
And a lot of people will wonder about this. It's just almost like the train wreck variety of it all. Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. I want to know if this thing is actually going to go five minutes or ten minutes or or if it's going to be another one of those flashbang boom wins like how Goldberg got Lesnar at Survivor Series and got him out of the Royal Rumble. I do wonder how that's going to be. And the third match I'm honestly looking forward to is AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Because AJ Styles can carry a broomstick to a four-star match. And Shawn Michaels even admitted in an interview last week, had AJ been in the company 10 years earlier, which would have been a possibility, by the way, Shawn would have gotten it on with him. And God Almighty, I can only imagine how that match would have gone. AJ is the best in the business right now. And you're going to put him in there with, with Shane, where, Lord, who knows what the hell to expect out of Shane O'Mac. And he might not end up getting somebody killed in there. He might not get himself killed. But what the hell is he going to do? This isn't a Hell in a Cell match. It's not a ladder match. What's he going to do? Jump out of a helicopter on the entrance? I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Are they going to put a real roller coaster on the entrance and have him leap out of it at the apex? I don't know what he's going to do. But for the full card of WrestleMania, you got to go to the WWE Network. Go to WWE.com. If you're following me on Twitter, and you should be, at JScottSmith, I will be live tweeting all during WrestleMania on Sunday night. You already know what it is. And to those of you who got something smarmy and smart to say, and the little Weisenheimers and smart asses are going to have something to say about, oh, you're going to watch WrestleMania. Don't you know that it's fake? Uh-huh. Thank you for breaking new ground there, bucko. Yes, we know it's not real. It's not the UFC. It's not boxing. But isn't it funny how a whole lot of UFC guys love them some pro wrestling? Isn't it funny how a whole lot of professional boxers love them some pro wrestling? Hell, Floyd Mayweather was in WrestleMania 24. Save your it's not real routine. We know that. We know it's not real. Guess what? Don't care. And if you watch reality shows, keep your mouth shut. We really don't want to hear your BS either. My name is J. Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. Thank you for all your support for the last year. And let's make season two even bigger than season one. Episode 37 is coming next week. I'll see you then. Good night, everybody. Get kicked in the face. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.